Client work, side hustles, family, social life, self-care, there are so many things that we need to take care of on a day-to-day basis. And if we do it wrong, burnout is waiting for us right around the corner. Now, there are so many different techniques and strategies that we can use to avoid burnout and get this whole like work-life balance thing going on in our lives. Now, my guest today is Jason Lettingham, and he has definitely cracked the code on how to bring that work-life balance into, well, balance. And he's going to bring us so many great strategies and techniques today. I can't wait to share this first episode of season three with you. Let's dive in. If you're seeking a way to escape the cycle of under-earning and overworking, then you're in the right place. Welcome to The Well-Paid Creative, where we discover how to run a profitable and satisfying creative business. I'm your host, Gabrielle Chipier, and I share what I've learned in my 17 years as a creative pro. From attracting quality clients, to earning more profit, to escaping burnout, and creating amazing work you love, we're going to cover it all. Join me as I interview experts and reflect on my own experiences, both the good and the bad. Before we dive into the show, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, hop on over to wellpaidcreative.com where you can find all this and more. Hey, welcome to the Well-Paid Creative. I am so excited that you're here with me and my guest today, Jason Lettingham. Welcome to the podcast, Jason. Thanks, Gabrielle. Glad Glad to be here. Wonderful. So you are a voiceover artist and a head of a ministry. There's so much in your background and portfolio that we're going to dive into today. But when you reached out to me initially, you had an amazing topic that I can't wait to talk about, all about balancing your side hustle and a family while taking time off to rest each week. And of course, as soon as I saw that topic, I went, yes, let's talk about this. (laughs) So Jason, let's dive in. All right. Well, I could talk about boundaries and rest all day long because I have failed to set up boundaries and rest in my former self. And so now that I am a little bit more wise, a little more uh, hardened, uh, I am able to realize how important rest actually is. So I have three tips for you that I thought I'd give your audience uh, to help you kind of navigate rest. The first one is you have to set boundaries. Uh, Boundaries are super important and you have to have them. And if you don't have them, you're just going to keep burning out. Eventually it's going to catch up to you. And yeah. Oh, I couldn't agree more. So setting boundaries, of course, it can seem kind of scary because I remember when I first heard the word boundaries, I was like, oh my gosh, that seems kind of harsh. Like, what does that mean? And then the more I kind of leaned into it and looked into it and learned more, I realized that it's not quite as scary as it first comes across. So what does setting boundaries kind of mean to you? Yeah, it it is kind of a a rough word, abrasive uh, boundary. And we don't like, especially, you know, we don't like to be told what to do and, and to have boundaries. So it's not, there's no one else telling you, it's yourself setting personal boundaries. And unless you're, if you're married or have a significant other, you want to make these boundaries with them or it's not going to hold up because 
they're just going to pull you like like you get pulled in so many different directions and you're going to give in. So make these boundaries together. To me, uh, I heard a great message from uh, from a pastor in Georgia who talked about guardrails. So this is the, the best illustration that could come up with. In my mind, it, it helps me. And you don't notice a guardrail until you need a guardrail. If you're going fast around a curve and there's a cliff on the other side and you look over and you start getting closer and closer and closer and then you hit something, it's this rough, abrasive feeling guardrail. And you, you say, oh my goodness, thank you, Lord, for there being a guardrail there. Same thing is when you set up boundaries for rest in, in your life. They're, they're in the safe zone. They're, they're, they're before you get burnout. They're before you uh, start having panic attacks. They're, they, are, they are in the safe zone. And when they're in the safe zone, they can feel weird and abrasive and weird. And, and no one else is going to understand them. Uh, only you, and again, and your significant other. So you've got to set these boundaries up for rest daily, weekly, uh, quarterly, yearly. And if you don't, you're going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. And also like boundaries around our timing, our schedule, that's one thing. What are some other boundaries that we can create in our lives and in our business? Yeah. Um, like I said, for having rest <laughs> is critically important. And so like I, I have a set day, my wife and I, we have a day off every seven days. And so I come from a faith background and it was easy for us to, to kind of incorporate that in Genesis, God rested on the seventh day. So we just kind of feel that our bodies are supposed to rest daily, uh, sleep at night. Not all of us do that, especially if you're having a side hustle and a family, I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. So sleep is a valuable quantity a that we try commodity. to, <laughs> you know, we try to grab as much as we can, but you don't always get it but our bodies are supposed to. And that's why we feel bad when we don't get enough sleep. But we're supposed to set these routines up of sleep every day. So we wake up and we're able to take on the next day. Also weekly, we're supposed to take a day off every seven days. So we take a 24 day, 24 hour off per week time period to, to recreate, to rejuvenate, to, to rest. And we do nothing vocationally. That's either my full-time job or my side hustle. And that's where it gets tough. It, that's where the boundary rubs up against life because people don't have the same day off as we do and they have emergencies and they want you to come into the office or they want you to do this voiceover right now or do this audition and say, oh, I've got this boundary. And so it, it's it's good, but it can be tough, especially for other people. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, you know, not only around your schedule, I have a lot of boundaries in my business around things like communication, things mm-hmm. about types of work. Like uh, when I work with clients, um, we only converse over email and that's a boundary I set up. I don't want my messenger going off. I don't want people text messaging me and I don't want people to call me because that's not how I work. So I yeah. set up that boundary. I said, okay, we're only going to be using email when we're conversing around your projects. And there's all of these other things that you can put boundaries around in your life. Things like what time am I going to be stopping work and starting dinner? What time am I going to be waking up? When am I going to be marketing my business? There's so many different things that might look like scheduling and like time blocking, but actually when you think about it are kind of mini boundaries. Right. And and without them, we eventually break down and Mm. we can sustain it for so long. Um, but when you get pulled and you let everyone dictate your own schedule, if, if you don't dictate it, they they will. And eventually we, we just burn at both ends and we crash. And that leads into a whole kind of a mess of medical and mental uh, issues that, that I think is rampant in, in, our, in, our, in our context. Uh, it's all over the place. And especially for us creatives, uh, we can get burnt out because we, we love being around people. 
at the same time being creative, but then if we're, we don't take time to rest and reflect on what we're doing, we burn out quick. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. So when, once we've set up the boundaries, I mean, we've made our own, they're all those like mini personal rules almost. Once we've right. set those, what can we do to maintain them moving forward? Which is the hard part. We have to guard them fiercely. I mean, that's that's the kind of the second point I wanted to tell everybody is you have to once you set these up, you've got to guard them because no one is going to understand them. But you and your your spouse or your significant other, no one else is going to understand why you have these. Well, I don't do that. Or, or who, who do you think you are? You know, they, they, they come across and they when they realize that there's benefits, if they really know you uh, deep down, there's a, there's a secret reason why this person is, is successful and why they're always feel like they're nice and they're rested. There's something to that. And they're going to ask you, why do you, well, you knew that time where you asked me to go to a meeting, but I said I couldn't. Uh, and you get real upset. Well, that's because I, there was a boundary of mine that I, I couldn't break. And oh, the light bulb kind of comes on. So guarding those fiercely it, it is so tough, but we have to do it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And a lot of this comes down to basically making it a habit, you know, because setting the boundaries is one thing, maintaining them. There's always going to be a little hiccups that come along the way. There's going to be emergencies that come up. There's going to be, uh, you know, the internet is on fire. It seems sometimes happens to me right. at least once a month and <laughs> <laughs> just not really getting upset about that. And going about it so that, okay, well, tomorrow I'm going to reset tomorrow. I'm going to respect these boundaries again, but giving yourself the leeway to, you know, address something that comes up. Yeah. But, and that's why it's so important to put the boundaries in in the safe place, in the safe zone. Cause when you bump up against it, you're okay. If you have to go over a little bit, you're not going to fall off the cliff. You know, your, your, your job's not going to blow up. You're not going to get divorced. It's not the end of the world. It's just a, just a hiccup. And many of us, though, like myself, uh, I when I fail at something, I kind of want to go, ah, forget it. Just we're not going to do a day off. It's we, it's just too hard, and, and and we just forget about it. But we have to just like you said, reset, and we try again the next week. My wife and I have date night. You know, we try to set it up. It's tonight at six o'clock, and that I try to treat that as just as important as any meeting, any audition, uh, any any message from my agent, anything that I can come up with. It is it's just as important to us and. Something comes up where they, you know, I have to get this in this project. You know, it's going to be thousands of dollars, and I got to get it in tonight, Friday. They want me there a, a live directed session at six o'clock. My wife will understand. She'll say, "Okay, when's the next date night?" And we will have to do two the next week, but we'll we'll make up for it. And so, yeah, I think that's that's important. I love that, and you know, and it's so important to just kind of give yourself a little bit of grace too, especially when you're in the beginning process of setting boundaries and enforcing them and and adjusting them when they don't work for you. Because sometimes you can set a boundary that doesn't really work for you in the end, and the only way that you're going to be able to really find that out is to go through that process of testing and adjusting and tweaking. Yeah, exactly. So and that go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, you go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it, it's you know that's years of of practice and failing. Uh, at at doing that. So like, just like you said, you have to keep trying to find the rhythms that fit your life. And then when seasons of life change, when it was just me and my wife, it was easier to have date night. Now that we have a two-year-old, a four-year-old, not so easy when someone has a tummy ache, you know, it's six o'clock on a Friday. And guess what? Date night gets paused for a little bit. And so it's about constantly not being so rigid um, with them that there's no, there's no margin. And I think we're going to talk about margin here next. We're going to get right back to the conversation because it is so good. 
but I want to tell you about a free quiz at wellpaidcreative.com forward slash quiz that's going to help you discover the unique hidden key to higher profit and awe-inspiring growth in your creative business. Now, there are so many keys to growth in a business, but they don't all fit the lock of your business right now. That's why I developed the Profit Finder quiz, and it's going to show you exactly what you need to be focusing on to reach the next level. Now, making a decent living from the work you love doesn't have to be hard. And when you answer these profit finding questions for yourself, you're going to make it so much easier. Go take the Profit Finder quiz today. You can find it at wellpaidcreative.com forward slash quiz and get your unique key plus in-depth strategies designed to help you see growth fast. Now, again, that's at wellpaidcreative.com forward slash quiz. All right, let's get back to the episode. Mm-hmm. Margin. Now, this is something that you mentioned before. And at first I was like, Margin, you know, it makes sense. But wrapping my head around it, because I'm, I'm the type of person who will schedule things back to back and won't really give myself that margin. And at the end of the day, I'll be like, why am I so exhausted? So when we were first kind of talking about margin, it kind of turned a little light switch off or on in my head. And I went, oh, that's why I'm so exhausted because I don't have that margin in between all of the tasks and meetings and schedules that I've got. So tell me a little bit more about this concept of margin. Yeah, I, I think it's it's super important that we take time out. And, and again, it's scheduling time. For me, I schedule a me meeting every day. There's a time on my, on my phone, on my calendar that says meeting. That way, if someone calls me and says, oh, can you meet me? And I say, oh, sorry, I have a meeting. I don't tell them, oh, I've got some time for myself. Uh, you know, I'm going to be reflecting on my day. No, I just say, hey, I have a meeting. I can't do it, but I can meet you at four o'clock or I can I can do the live session later on or whatever. But it's so important daily to take this time to reflect on, you know, what 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 you've done, what you want to do, where you're going, and just to sometimes just to breathe. Uh, like you said, if you go back to back to back, you just, you just don't realize, like, why am I mentally tired, physically tired, emotionally mm-hmm. I'm exhausted? It's because we're designed to take breaks. And so you we have to set those up. I love that. So we're playing with this idea of margin. How can you bring that into both like a, a micro level? So almost like a daily kind of level and then like a macro level. So, you know, weekly, monthly, yearly. Yeah. So we do, my family and I, we take a day off and, it, and we're, my busiest day is Sunday because I'm, I'm a minister. And so we're at church all day. Most people take Saturday and Sunday off. We can't. Uh, and so we take off Monday uh, and Monday is our, that's our day that we do our errands, um, that we do all the stuff you know, around the house, whatever that we need to do. But we try to do that in a rejuvenating way. Like we have to do laundry you know, every day. We have laundry. We have, there's always dishes. There's always something new at the house. There's always something to do. But we try to do something. We reward ourselves and with the kids and do something fun. And we set that day apart. You know, I, I come from a faith background. Um, so it's not, again, not hard for us to have this like seventh day. God rests on the seventh day. And, and but we have this, we all of us, pretty much agree there's this moral code that we don't murder, uh, we try not to we steal, we don't lie, we don't cheat. Uh, and, and this kind of comes from the Ten Commandments. Don't kill, don't mm-hmm. steal, don't whatever. That's kind of the kind of the, the basis of this Judeo-Christian kind of kind of background. Mm-hmm. But one of the Ten Commandments is to set a day apart. Keep the Sabbath day and keep it holy, which means to, to set it apart. And we have no problem saying it's wrong to murder, it's wrong, we shouldn't steal, we shouldn't cheat but we will go right past our day off without even blinking. 
Mm-hmm. And it it's because we're not designed to do that. And when, when there's a break, when, you know, if we, you know, heaven forbid, you did something awful and you stole or you killed or whatever, there, there's consequences for that. There's no consequences if we miss our break from, from anybody else. No one's going to put you in jail. You missed your day off. You're, you know, they'd be like, here's a raise. You know, here's more money. Um, but what happens is we go, we go into our, a mental jail. You know, we go into emotional jail. We go into physical. We have ailments. And we have anxiety and depression and a list of things that goes on because we're not taking time out weekly. Uh, and we try to make a, a whole day away, a couple days away each uh, semester and as, as well as having a vacation. So it is hard to do with little ones. And again, every season of life is different. But finding those rhythms of life daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, semesterly, yearly to rest mm-hmm. are you can't sustain your, your growth. I love this. And, you know, and I first heard this concept from uh, Sean West, and he talked about taking a sabbatical. And at first it started off as, you know, one day a week, and that was your sabbatical day. And then it expanded into um, every seven weeks, taking that seventh week off. So that would be your sabbatical week. And then he took it even further and said, well, every seven years, I'm going to take an entire year off. And watching him document that and putting it in place in his business and in his life. And then when he actually did take that one year off, I was like, oh my gosh, he actually did it. But to see the effect that it had on even just a micro level of just knowing you have that one day off, knowing that, you know, next month I'm taking an entire week off. And then even if you want to take it to the extremes and say, okay, in four years, I get to take the entire year off. Like, I love how that can really just almost give us a sense of spaciousness. It gives us a little bit more room to breathe because we don't feel so constricted by our kind of self-imposed schedules and timelines. Yeah, I, that sounds refreshing and amazing. I, I love that. I would love to incorporate that in my, into my life. It seems almost impossible to think, oh, a year off, you know, where's my, you know, where's the profits coming from? Where, you know, where, the, where my church at? What would happen to my church if I wasn't there a year? The church should be able to continue without you. That's part of the church. It's not supposed to be a one-person show. And your business uh, should be able to keep going a, a, as well if you take a year off, if you've done the work. And you, I love that because you want to work harder because you say, hey, four years, I got a whole year coming off. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a fantastic concept. So Jason, you are a voiceover actor you're also a minister. You've been doing so much. Tell me a little bit more about like your career so far. Well, uh, I've been acting since I was six. My parents got me into uh, a regional play in Kentucky, of all places. Uh, and I, I did theater as a child. And then I got into sports in high school. So it kind of fell away. Then I got back into it in college. And I actually double majored in ministry and acting in, in college. So I graduated in 2000. So since then, I've been doing this kind of bivocational life. Uh, and it's so it's it's a difficult one for me to balance because I, I love acting, but in ministry you you can't act. You have to be authentic. People want they can tell. Uh, they want you to be you know real and, and vulnerable. And it's such a fine line to me because I, I love to act. So I have to really check myself and, and balance and make sure that I am acting when I'm supposed to be acting and being authentic when I'm supposed to be authentic because. People can smell fakeness, you know, a mile away. You think of those TV evangelists and all those awful things that mm-hmm. um, that people have seen. And that's like one of my pet peeves. Is I, I want there to be those things to come together to where there's there can be good, per, like professional drama inside the church. There can be uh, things where it's time to act. But when it's time to be vulnerable, that we don't put fakeness on, that we're, we're trying to be, you know, real, as real as we can be. And at the same time, that allows me to be as creative and nuts and crazy over here in the acting sphere as I want to be. So I, I was doing uh, acting and, and, and ministry for a long time. 
And then when I got married, uh, then we had a baby and then we had another baby. I was doing uh, stage plays, uh, again, working full time in ministry. I was doing on camera. I did a couple of uh, sad commercials and I, I was like, everything was going well. Money was coming in. It was great, but I was not spending any time with my family. Uh, my wife at one point had a, a baby and was pregnant with another baby. And here I go. Um, see, I'm, I'm off to Miami. I have to do, do an audition. And if I book it, I'll be gone for three days. And so something I had to give. And so around 2017, 2018, uh, I got into voice acting. So this gives me an outlet to act and be creative. And But yeah, I do it at home. This is the uh, half, the second half of my uh, wife's walk-in closet. She let us give half of it away for the voiceover career. So that was awesome of her. She's an amazing woman. And we turned this into the studio so that when I'm done, I walk out the door and I'm with my kids. I'm also, though, it's scary because when I walk out the door, I'm with my kids. So it, it is, uh, you know, it, it's it's double, it's a double whammy, but we, we love it and it, it's been a good outlet for us. And when COVID hit, I had just finished like some series coaching, voice acting um, through a program called Such a Voice, which is awesome. I'll give them a, a shout out. They were amazing. And I f- finished that right when COVID was hitting. And so I was prepared and, and ready to go because uh, people still needed voiceovers. People were still watching TV and movies and and, th- and people still needed commercials done. So it, it was not a, a slump at all in our industry. So it was it was perfect timing for me. Oh, wonderful. So once you kind of switched over from physical acting to voiceover acting, how did you really build that business in the beginning? Yeah, well, so I do like a multi, I'm still doing it, a, a multi a pie approach. Like there's many slices to the pie. The, the one that's given me the most revenue stream has been uh, peer-to-peer or, or friend-to-friend marketing. Um, I didn't know that was going to be the case. I didn't think it would be the case. I, I have an, a voiceover agent. Uh, I'm on play-to-pay sites like Voices.com and Voices123. But peer-to-peer direct networking has been the most revenue stream that, that I've had. And it was just telling people, get, getting the, the boldness out there enough to tell people that I'm doing this. Uh, as a side hustle. And I would, I would love to have your business. I wonder, I love how you built it like a network basically. And a lot of people, we as creatives, especially, they feel like they don't want to bug people. They don't want to sell their services to people. They know they would rather just get some random person off the street than, you know, approach a friend of a friend because somehow that's worse. But really, when you think about it, the people who know you and love you already are probably going to be your best clients and your best evangelists to their network. So focusing on your network first is such an amazing resource, especially when you're first starting out. So I love that you mentioned that because that's like my biggest piece of advice to creatives that are just starting out is lean on your network because your network will support you. Yeah, the, the scary part is you feel like you are selling yourself. And you're putting yourself out there and it's really scary and you, you don't want to like point the the light on, on you. Uh, but what you have to do is realize that I, I'm helping them by providing a service. And I, I think that that's super important that when we are able to show them what we do and it's not to say, oh, look at me, I'm do, do this humble brag. It's that, hey, do you have a business? I can help. And here's how I can help. And that has gone a long way for me. Oh, I love it. Yes. Fantastic advice. So what's coming up next for you for Jason letting voiceover artistry, any big plans in the work? Yeah. Well, I, like I said, from peer to peer, one of my biggest contracts that I've signed to date was from a friend of a friend who uh, wanted me saw a social media ad for a other friend that I had done. Um, and I, uh, 
did them a really cheap family and friends discount, uh, 30 second social media ad. They loved it and they booked me and they want to do two to three social media ads for the next six months. So I'm like, yes, this is awesome. So for me, that's it. I, I have uh, the goal. The dream is to be more um, to take my income and, and switch it to where I'm supporting my family with voiceover and the church uh, can go part time where we, so we can hire more staff at the church or just help out the community more with the, with the money that we're paying salary. So that's kind of my my another motivation of mine is to help the church is to is to be able to flip flop the income where my income is coming through the voiceover uh, instead of through the through the church so that we can give back more to the community. So the the big idea, the big dream is to do some type of animation on a cartoon uh, video games, that that kind of stuff. So I got a couple in the works, a couple of things that I've been shortlisted on. So hoping that that comes through. All right. I got all my fingers crossed for you. <laughs> Thanks. So I love asking everybody this question. It's the last question of the podcast. All right. I'm do ready. you have a hobby or a creative activity that you do just for yourself? Uh, it's hard to say just one. Uh, kind of a renaissance man. I, I If I had to pick one, it would probably be uh, sci-fi movies. I'm a huge nerd. Like I love Star Wars. That's my that's my go to if I have to pick one. But I also play sports. I play pickleball, which sounds weird, but that, it's a game that I love to play. Uh, and yeah, and I play the guitar too. So I I have a little bit of everything that I do just for me. Pickleball. That's officially a new one. I don't think I've ever heard of that one before. Yeah, it, it's it sounds weird when someone invited me to go play. I was like, no, I don't want to go play with pickles. That sounds awful. <laughs> but it, it, it's a hybrid between ping pong and tennis. That's kind of played on a, on a uh, makeshift tennis court. Well, actually, most of the parks uh, around me now in Florida are turning their tennis courts into pickleball courts. So it's just a smaller condensed uh, court and it's fast paced and anyone can pick it up quickly. But you can yet get really uh, competitive. There's things on ESPN. They have tournaments, and it, it's insane. And that pickleball paddles go from like twenty bucks to like three hundred dollars. It's in, it's insane. Wow. Okay, I'm definitely gonna have to look into that more. Check it out. Well, thank you so much, Jason. This has been such a pleasure having you on the podcast. Um, where can people find you online? Well, my name JasonLettingham.com. That's the that's my website and everything that I do. This. Social media, Instagram, Facebook, it's either my name or my name with VO attached to it, Jason Lettingham VO. So like Twitter, I think, is Jason Lettingham VO. So if you, find, if you go to jasonlettingham.com, you'll find the links. Perfect. All right. And we'll make sure to link you down below in the show notes so everybody can go and find you and follow you online. Well, thank you so much, Jason. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, it's been great. Thanks so much, Gabrielle. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Well-Paid Creative. This podcast is sponsored by 12 Strong, a full-service marketing automations agency. You can learn more at 12strong.com. Theme music is by Silverhoof, and our guests are not paid for their time and energy, so please do give them any support that you can. Before we head out, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, Visit wellpaidcreative.com where you can find all this and so much more. Join me next week for another episode as we continue discussing how you can grow and love a profitable creative business. While you're here, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoyed it, I'd be so grateful for a review or a share with someone you think would benefit. Now let's hear some more of that amazing theme song.